The Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there is never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at first.io. Overall, I don't believe there's a more rewarding job out there because we have a 99% uh, successful, happy people business. And uh, man, I mean, where can you get uh, the kind of rewards that we get in this job? I mean, financially, yes, but we make people happy and we help people find their dream home, change people's lives. There's just constant upside to it. Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast, where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 145 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. Uh, come July 31st, it'll be the three-year anniversary of the show, and uh, thank you so much for tuning in and for telling a friend and sharing our, our podcast around and liking it, even a rating and review. It, it all helps us grow, and I really appreciate it. And, and today, I'm really excited to, uh, to stay here in the Tampa Bay area and talk to an agent that I've, I had the opportunity to meet very early in my career when I relocated here. Uh, he's doing some really cool stuff over in the, uh, we'll call it the South Shore area of Tampa Bay. His name is Rich Shelley. He's with Keller Williams South Shore. Rich, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Bill. So glad to be here. Yeah, it's, I can't wait to talk to you because I know I'm just going to guess you can tell a story or two because I listen to you talk. You've got a little bit of a twang. I know you're from the South and I'm sure proud of it, but I don't think it's Florida, right? Where, where'd you grow up? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Florida don't have that deep South twang very often, does it? No. Tennessee, you know, back and forth from Tennessee and Georgia most of my life. Parents had me in cowboy boots as soon as I could wear them. You know, it's pretty much all you ever see me stepping in. <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. So, t- where, where in Tennessee? Uh, Johnson City. Now, Tri-City I, area, you know, east of Bristol. I worked with a guy at the San Diego Padres. His name was Bill McDonald, and he was okay. from Johnson City, Tennessee. What are the odds? Nice. Well, that's where Steve Spurrier went to high school, too. So. Oh, look out. Every gator out there is all fired up now. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So not a big town. Is that uh, what part of the state's that in? Is that over to the east? Yeah. Northeast, far northeast corner. Yeah. That's what I thought. Okay. And when you were hanging out in Georgia, wh- where were you living? Well, we lived in, uh, my wife and I went to high school in Forest Park together. And uh, we, you know, we, we spent about 10, 12 years up in the Woodstock area and five or six years over in Swanee and Gwinnett County, north of okay. Atlanta. All right. I'm just going to make a wild guess. Like I know you attended East Tennessee State University. But I'm not thinking that real estate was on your radar at that time. I'm guessing you were going to do something else. Man, I, I never pictured myself in sales. I mean, honestly, up until uh, seven, eight, ten years ago, I never seen myself in sales. I was always kind of a dreamer in school. I, I'm pretty sure I was going to hit the game winning home run in the World Series one of these days. So, uh, you know, big baseball fan. Never really future minded. Uh, never thought much about where I was going until I was probably in my mid forties. Um, definitely never saw myself in real estate. Right. Well, I got to ask you now, you talked about sports a little bit. Uh, are you a UT guy then? 
Well, yeah, big UT fan. Yeah, <laughs> Florida too, though. Big Gators fan too. So yeah. And those two don't seem to get along very well. Like Gator they fans don't. and Vols oh. fans don't don't work together well, right? You keep it in the SEC, and I'm okay. So. Okay. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. I've got some buddies that are both ex-Gators. All right, I shouldn't say that. They're both Gators, and um, and yeah, they like. It's funny. SEC people are this way. Like when Bama wins another national title. You're not like upset because it's the SEC roots for the SEC when it gets to the title game, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's always, that's weird because I don't think there's other conferences where like, I think, I don't think Ohio State would ever root for Michigan to win the national. No way. (laughs) (laughs) But, but everybody in the South sticks together. I like that. They do. Yeah. So I know looking, you know, back at your history a little bit, it, uh, so your first real the, your career, you were driving trucks, right? Are we doing long haul stuff or what? Tell me, tell me what you were doing. You know, I did some long haul stuff. Twenty years in the truck, over two million miles. Um, drove just about everything you could imagine: doubles, triples, um, out west, Rocky Mountain doubles and super doubles. That's two forty eights and two fifty threes. Go all about everything all over the country at one time or another. But pretty fortunate that based out of Atlanta for a lot of years, I had. Uh, local regional work where I made it home every night. Interesting job. Tell, I, I'm sure there's a story or two you can tell on a podcast, you know, about like talk about life on the road. I mean, when you were doing the long haul stuff, that's, I, I always have such respect because that's, that's a, that's a hard life. It ain't, I don't think it's simple, right? You know, I think people look at it as kind of nostalgic and they think of Smokey and the bear. And, you know, <laughs> there was a day and time when, when, uh, I think all the truckers on the road kind of had an attitude of camaraderie ship and they're here to help everyone on the road. But that, those days went away a long time ago. It's kind of every man for herself out there. It's a, uh, it's real dog eat dog. And there's nothing nostalgic about brushing your teeth with coffee, you know? So <laughs> I could tell you some stories, brother. I was in North Carolina pulling a set of doubles, uh, back in 95, uh, another truck swerved into me. And ran me off the road into an interstate bridge. Massive wreck. Like, oh, the southbound traffic had furniture laying in it. It was terrible. Uh, truck flipped over, tore the cab off the truck. You know, both the doubles hit the trailer bridge and exploded. Uh, I just jumped out and walked off without a scratch. It was the craziest thing ever. Um, wow. I'm assuming you're buckled in. I was buckled in, you know, my wife was going to ride up with me that night. And, uh, fortunately she didn't at the last minute and the passenger seat was bent completely in half, you know, so somebody's watching out for me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. So, so how do you, how do you and Cheryl, your wife end up in Tampa? Um, back in 2003, I've been driving a truck a long time when enjoying my job. She had spent 25 years in a restaurant as waitress and management, getting our children raised, our kids, um, we're both going off to college and not living at home anymore. And so she left a really good job to get into storage because she had a vision that we could work together in that business and get me out of trucking. And um, she opened a couple of stores for this owner in Atlanta and uh, he liked what she was doing. So he offered us a uh, opportunity to move to Ruskin and be part owners in a, uh, a facility they were building in Ruskin, which is right on the verge of right where my market is now. You know, so we took a big risk. We had a feasibility study ran on that, said the place was never going to be successful and it wasn't in a great area for high occupancy. But we had to risk every dime we had, uh, literally, to participate in it. And 
So we did, and it, I tell you, it worked out great. We got to manage that property and, and live on site there for 10 years and just built a reputation for ourselves in the community. So that's how we ended up here. You know, obviously your wife's background, that kind of fits in because she was, we'll call it hospitality. And so yep. she, she worked with people a lot. She had people skills. I'm guessing that, you know, you, you, you didn't have to use your people skills very much when you were on the road, right? Other than None. y'all at a goofy, stupid driver that wouldn't let, you know, cut you off. But um, <laughs> how would you, how, how did that, how did that talk about that transition to, you know, Hey, I've got to be here and I got to, I got to interact with these people and I got to, I can't, you know, I got to do the right thing. When we came down here, I really didn't have any aspirations to uh, be very big part of the storage facility. My wife was going to manage it and hire help. And uh, I had zero customer service um, or sales experience. You know, I mean, trucking is an isolated job. You, you don't even talk to people all day, really. And she pretty much taught me everything that um, I knew about sales pretty quickly. Over there. When I came down, I took a job driving a, a tanker on I-275 at night. They were scratching lines in, in the interstate to get rain run off. And um, I was doing that at night. And after about three or four months, she wasn't able to hire anybody to do the menial labor so i said okay i'll come in and do it for ten dollars an hour so i'd come in at six o'clock in the morning work for three or four hours and go to bed and started calling myself the water boy you know <laughs> but uh, everybody liked me i just we treated people like family just one of those type of people that i wave at everybody and i smile and i'm friendly and i'm outgoing and it just went over really well and it really there ain't much change about what i do in real estate now i just treat everybody like family I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say that the skills you learned there, you know, with your wife's help, really, right? Because I'm sure every now and then yeah. they had to kind of smack you on the side of the head and go, hey, you can't do that. <laughs> she was the boss. Yeah. <laughs> so, so talk about how the skills you developed there, they absolutely transferred over to what you do now, right? They did. Um, honestly, you know, we had been there for about 10 years as a high volume storage facility. The amazing investment that we made in this. And we just built such a customer base that, People would pay way more to store with us because they store with us rather than the storage facility. And um, it just went so well that we were under the thumb of franchise rules. We weren't real happy about it because they just kept raising everybody's rates. And, uh, you know, people were upset and we, it was hurting our what we considered to be our friends and family. And we were looking for a way to get out. We had researched every kind of a franchise. And to tell you the truth, I was kind of limiting myself to medial labor stuff. But we were kind of stumped about what we were going to do. But we knew that we needed to bring another assistant manager in and put them in that apartment and we needed to find our own home. So we called a couple of realtors and uh, it didn't go very well. And after the second day with the realtor, we came home that night and I said, you know, I know that agent is making good money in real estate and I know we could do more and better. So I went online, signed up for a $99 real estate course. Two weeks later, my wife signed up. Four months later, we had our license. Wow. <laughs> so how, how much longer after that did you make the leap full time? We hung our license in uh, January on January 2nd of 2015, and we sold the storage facility in August, um, our share of the storage facility, and went full-time real estate uh, first September. So it was about a nine-month transition to replace a six-figure income. I, I'm going to say this now. So you've you've been a full time realtor for just over three years. It is going to blow the listeners away when we talk about what you've accomplished already, because this, this is going to be the fun part. But first, let, I want to I want to talk about the area that you serve. You're 
you're in Sun City Center, and Sun City is a very um, everybody kind of understands Sun City and Dell Webb and things they created all across the country. They're in California, they're in Nevada, they're in Arizona, you know. And so let's describe um, this version uh, of Sun City, which is primarily active adults and and even older retirees. How would how would you describe the area to someone not familiar with it? You know, it's it's a specialty area. I mean, everything here is unique. We have homes built from '62 to 2018. Uh, the difference here is with the, the customers. The buyers and sellers have a very short turnaround, limited years to enjoy life. Uh, they've all been responsible adults. Many of them are uh, triple retirees, military, Detroit Motors, Social Security. You know, they're some of the most stable, established people in America, but their life situation can change overnight, and they need somebody to help them. And we see so many people in Sun City Center seniors being taken advantage of. Not always intentionally, but there's a lot of part-time realtors who are retired in senior communities trying to supplement their income and experience, have no idea what they're doing. And uh, it's just a very unique area. You have to come into an area like this uh, and be, I'm going to help people based. You can't be about money. And, and all we ever did was just uh, help people here. And our business has just blown up. You know me. Uh, you've seen me talk about what I think realtors should be doing, and you're you're absolutely the the, the you're the case study for it. You, you know, it's about building relationships with people. It's about taking care of an issue or a problem, uh, and and everything else follows behind that, right? Everything. I mean, we are problem solvers. That's what we do for a living. I got to talk about your success because I'm telling you, I don't know very many realtors with three years in the business that are doing the kind of numbers that you're doing. I don't know. Do you mind sharing kind of what you're on track for this year and your, we'll call it, uh, let's see, 15, 16, so this will be your fourth full year. What are you on track to do with, with you and your team that you put together? You know, we've got some big goals. Uh, right now, in the last year, I've sold, I've closed 130 homes by myself. So trying to get out of production because it's going to kill me. Um, so, you know, we started a team three months ago. We did $5 million in written in our first month in April. And uh, we've got over 200 closed homes right now in the last year with me and the agents that are working with me. If we don't close 300 homes this year, I'm gonna be surprised. Uh, the homes here, we're not selling million dollar homes. So, you know, we sell 300 homes and, and we do 60 million. Right, yeah, average sales price, I was gonna say somewhere the high hundreds, low twos is kind of the sweet spot right. where you're at. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that building of a team because no, you just started doing this. You mentioned three months ago. So I'm sure like 2017 was a whole bunch of work for you and Cheryl. I mean, you you had an assistant or two, and that, that definitely moved you along the path. But you're part of Keller Williams. A lot of really successful Keller Williams agents have uh, have blazed a path for you, right, as far as how the team structure works. Talk about what you're doing there. It's an amazing environment over here. Uh, we came from another broker, another big broker, where it was um, – there was no caps and everybody was on a, the same pay scale pretty much and uh, it become very competitive and people weren't excited for you when you did well. They, they saw you as competition. Over here, they've got this cap structure that kind of sets everybody else on the same level as you. You're only worth so much to the broker. I don't care how many houses you sell. You know, so everybody here just have a uh, it's an environment of help. You know, it, it's just been really positive. There's there's so many things that Keller Williams does better than any other uh, company in the world. You know, the number one real estate company in the world right now with the most agents, and they were named the number one training company, not just in real estate, but in any business in the world. 
the best training company. So you got everything here and they really set down your business plan for you. They tell you what to do. And I resisted the whole group thing. You know, I guess all of us are selling a lot of homes. We're kind of control freaks. We want to do things our way. We have a hard time trusting people. But you can only grow to a certain point without other people. And I already had this great team, including you, Bill, you know, a Fidelity National title. You can imagine the closing we deals we do. We have to have a team of the best of the best at every turn. And, uh, you know, we're just blessed to have so many great people working around us, you know. So that those are some of your wins. You know, with the team side, what, what's been a couple of your biggest challenges? Challenges are endless, man. I mean, the <laughs> biggest hurdle is try to have a life, you know, um, no doubt about it. I mean, and, and that's a cutthroat business. You know, you, you help people and, and you treat people like family. And then, you know, sometimes people take advantage of you and, uh, you know, you can get hurt. But I tell you, overall, I don't believe there's a more rewarding job out there because we have a 99 percent successful happy people business and uh man i mean where can you get uh the kind of rewards that we get in this job i mean financially yes but we make people happy and we help people find their dream home we change people's lives there's just constant upside to it that's true and i'm sure you can't go very far in sun city center rusk and all that area over there without someone saying hey rich what's going on right Man, I, I can't go anywhere. And, and it's a blessing. You can't walk through Walmart because there's 27 people that you know that are going to stop and talk to you, you know. But uh, that's the business. And now, you know, amazing, you know, three out of four of the transactions that we close will be a repeat or referral business. Wow. That's fantastic. In three years. That's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Of course, we, we had an edge when we started by knowing so many people in the community. We were always uh, real community minded with the storage facility and in this we've always held uh charity events and given money back to the local community and helped and i mean when we had uh when uh hurricane sandy hit up in new jersey we held this huge fundraiser down here we had uh, a trucking company that donated three 53 foot trailers to jersey and the people came and donated the stuff and we raised like ten thousand dollars and you know so we've been community minded we, we give back to the community and they give to us you've been doing this for a long time like you said right yeah and yeah. even keller williams is the same culture of yeah. uh of, of giving back a lot of charity you know we give on every payroll everybody gives uh, at every clothing yeah and we just had a red day uh last month that's right yeah that's right yeah. yep this the kind of spirit of giving you talk about is uh you're you're running a like a success series uh, for the for the Keller Williams South Shore operation, you're constantly trying to educate people. Why is that so important to you? Well, I guess we all got our favorite things to do, um, and I just found out a long time ago that I get more positive vibes and feelings from uh, helping people than anything else. You know, what I mean? so um, it's just what I do. Uh, you know, I, I I found a stat a while back that I thought was interesting that so so many of the successful real estate agents came from careers of uh, teaching and nursing, helping careers. Through my time with this podcast, the number one thing that most people have said they've done in the past was either bartended or service industry because mm -hmm. you, you talk to people and you, you get to hear their stories and you know how to listen. And so right. Daryl's got that figured out, but you, you, you figured it out, right? Yeah, right. Yeah, some of it can't be taught, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably part of you as a kid. I'm just thinking maybe you weren't the quietest guy at school. 
Never was, right? Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think so. Let's, let's talk about uh, you can't do that kind of volume without having systems, routines, workflows. What does that look like inside Team Shelley Homes? We really struggle getting our uh, our people trained. We have a, like a director of operations now that is just off the charts good. Nothing she can't handle and take care of for me. And then we have a secondary assistant who is uh, just a marketing uh, guru. So I don't, I, there's so much I don't know about real estate. I've never had the time to learn a lot of the stuff that agents are doing. I, I just meet people. So all my time now is spent with buyers and sellers. And pretty much at this point, we don't work with many buyers. Some we have to work with repeat business and stuff, but uh, we're referring out all our buyers to our team members now. So I'm almost exclusively sellers and working on getting out of that because we've got such a great team together. But the systems, oh, the routines are very important. Uh, you know, I mean, I've never sleep past six ever. Most days I'm up at four. So for me, I have to shut my phone off because it will ring all night. So at eight o'clock, I shut my phone off. So between eight and four, anything that happens can be taken care of the next morning. So that's my routine. And it's important because, you, you know, I get up and I go to the office by eight thirty, nine o'clock every day, six days a week, no matter what I have going, I'm going to the office. It's, it's just like a requirement. You need to be there. And when I first started, I think just being in the office was so important to be around other successful people, surround yourself with people who know things. And, you know, so that's, you know, we, we've got some great automated technology now that's making our lives so much easier. What, what do you use for CRM? I use Commissions Inc. It's been pretty amazing for us, you know, it really has. I mean, to start with, we have, uh, so what What we did was we gradually bought a, uh, a market on Zillow. And then we started out, this was available, and we just keep adding until we own the whole zip code pretty much. Then, you know, we have massive leads coming in off of that and other ad campaigns and our listings and stuff. And the sync has an amazing thing called Switchboard Sarah that, all the leads go into one place. It, it, it routes them to all of our agents and uh, live connects them and instantly sets them up on drip campaigns. Before, when I was doing this without these automated systems, and you can only work with the people that um, are ready to buy and sell now and the other people you can't keep in touch with. Now we're not losing anybody because they're all set up on drip campaigns. Yeah, I mean, that's critical, I, I, especially with the volume you're at. Um, I know some of your agents are experienced on your team. Uh, some others are newer and you're, you're kind of grooming them and a mentor for them. Um, but, but having that one place where everybody is got to do the same sort of thing is just mandatory, right? Man. I mean, it, yeah. And we waited too long to do it. You know, it's an, it's a considerable expense, but you just got to play everything by the numbers in this business. I mean, if you're going to spend a thousand dollars on something and it helps you sell one house every six months, you're break even. So you can't lose. So you got to look at things like that. Right. 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 Totally. You know, it's funny. You, you mentioned in this, this part of the conversation, you said, ah, you know, I don't really know much. I, I just work with buyers and sellers. You sell yourself way short because I've seen you get up in front of a room full of people and, and you, you know, there's very specific things in Sun City Center and really I should say Florida, you know, the different sorts of inspections and there's, different kinds of things because of wind, you know, hurricanes uh, and flooding and all this other stuff. You, you really uh, have all that stuff down cold. There's not a question that a buyer or seller can ask that you can't answer. How did you get that yeah. knowledge? Was it just doing it over and over and over and just looking for those answers? How'd you do that? Repetition helps a lot. But, you know, when I started uh, 
in the business, not really, I could not believe at first uh, that I, I'm in a market that I've lived in for 10 years and didn't know anything about it. Uh, I was pretty shocked. And so every, you know, I did a lot of open houses and I went to every vacant house that I could, every listed vacant house that had a lockbox on it. I didn't have to bother anybody. And I looked at plumbing and I looked at electrical and I followed home inspectors around and, you know, I tried to learn everything I could about the house. And so, you know, I mean, because what good are you to your buyer or seller if you can't give them knowledge that they don't have? So there's probably a home inspector, too, that has some stories about Rich following around the house. I'm just guessing. Yes, definitely. (laughs) You can imagine. I mean, we got a whole team of great people, everybody that we work with from the home inspector, the photographer. Our whole team is the best of the best. I think that's that's kind of under. under discussed, I'll call it, is the the you know, how important it is to surround yourself with uh, like-minded people because there's lots of title companies and there are lots of lenders and there's lots of home inspectors, lots of these people out there, and and some people will fit and some people won't. So talk about that a little bit. Like if for someone who's just trying to put a team together, what would you tell them about that side of the business? It has to start with a title company. And uh, if you haven't worked with a great title company and a great closer, you can't have any idea how much they can accomplish for you. We were overwhelming our title company with a lot of business a couple of years ago. You know, small staff, they're doing an okay job. But, of course, the more business we gave them, the, the less their work cut it and concept problems. And they were Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. And then we met Heather Whitaker with uh, Fidelity. And she's like, Rich, give us one try. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty loyal to my title company, you know, and uh, needless to say, our whole life has changed. Heather and Renee and Bill at Fidelity National Title, I can't even start to tell you what they do for us. It's a daily basis of saving deals, saving us time. It's it's like having a personal uh, secretary at our beck and call. And, and, you know, and you go right on down the list. I mean, you, you you don't find all these great people that you're working with overnight. It takes a lot of time and you have to go through a lot of people. But, uh, you know, we have a photographer that uh, makes us look better than anybody in Hillsborough County. And that's why we have the shortest days on market of any team in Hillsborough County right now. I did a lot of research to be able to say that. But, you know, we've sold. Okay, I, I, I've lost count here. Somewhere between 65 and 70 of our listings in the last year or so, we've sold in 10 days or less. Wow. Yeah, and like I said, you can't do that without without having the right people around you. So that's great. It's fun to see. I, I've had the opportunity to meet you know a lot of your, your uh, affiliates and vendors that you work with, all good people. Uh, and I think that's just a message for anyone out there. I mean, you, you build that up and they can help you out. They can, they can remind you about something you, maybe you forgot. Uh, keep you on track sometimes. I, I know how that works after having, you know, run a branch myself. So super important. Yeah. yeah. When we were in our storage facility, we uh, we really built the occupancy at the place by going to local businesses and telling them, if you'll send people our way, we'll market for you and send people your way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's what we do now. We find great people. We're loyal to them and we send them business. They send us business. Yeah, that's great. Well, Rich, I've had you here the half hour, and since it's, I don't want to cut into your day. We're recording this in the evening, and I, you got to turn, you got to shut down in a little while. <laughs> I ask the same question of every guest on the podcast, and, and that is, what's one piece of advice you would give a new agent just getting started in the business? Well, 
I guess if I have to give uh, one piece of advice, and uh, I think the most important thing <laughs> is to believe in karma. You're going to reap what you sow in real estate. Um, you got to focus on helping people. And never tell a lie. Always be honest and forthright. Your career in real estate is going to live or die with your reputation. The most valuable thing you got is your character and your word. Never break it. Wow. I love that. that that's the uh, first time in 145 episodes that's answer's been given. So that's awesome. Rich, if somebody wants to reach out to you, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, they, anybody, you can reach at me on my cell phone uh, at 813-857-7793 or rich at Team Shelley Holmes. You know, always available seven days a week. Rich, I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of your day. Um, I know I'll be back over there. It might be next week. So, uh, you know, I live across, you know, I found out when I Google, you know, like sometimes going over to Apollo Beach area or Ruskin or Sun City Center, I'm only like 14 miles from you, but it takes 45 minutes to go the 40 miles around the bay. <laughs> yes, it does. Right. <laughs> but uh, a good day. Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, thank you so much for sharing your uh, story with us. My pleasure, Bill. Have a great night.